Yuck Mala! Yuck Mala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, Starchild Stanadu, and I am joined by my good friends. I got Catman James Cotta. I'm glad you chose Catman. I and uh, and I'm I'm waiting. I'm, I can't wait for uh, for the explanation of this film so I can find out what Catman's powers were. Um, <laughs> because I've I've seen this movie a dozen times and I still have no idea. Uh, so happy to be here. Happy to talk about this exciting film. That's right. And of course we have Space Nick, Nick Boxer. I was really hoping for the onk. Greetings <laughs> and salutations. <laughs> and then finally we have the demon. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what to call me. Well, my last name is Dewitt. My first name is Kenny. So go ahead and say it. Kenny Dewitt. There you go. Uh, or James. Or 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 Jack Hall. Or Jack Hall. Fair enough. Well, I mean, if if you can't guess by now, we are of course preparing to talk about Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. You know, which which to any Kiss Army member is a uh, is a good is a it's not a good movie. It's a movie. It's a, it's a movie. And to any member of the band, Kiss is is less so. <laughs> but uh, but that's okay. So James, why don't you tell us about the concept for this season as we as we progress? We are getting near to the end now. This is eighty five minutes of fame is the name of this season. Uh, the concept of this season is that uh, all of these films uh, star. Um, a, 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 a typically one person, but in this uh, in this case, four people who are best known for something other than films. Uh, so uh, we've got uh, Kiss, which is, I mean, definitely better known as the hottest band in the world. Uh, and uh, this would be the one film where they they the one live action film where they play themselves. Uh, I believe they've they've done a Scooby Doo one since, right? Yeah, like, that's they right. Have an animated one since <laughs> Scooby Doo, yeah. At yeah. least one. Another they did some animated. Era. There's a few, and a couple Detroit of Rock things. City. Uh, yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess sort of. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, in fairness, yeah. it's got the same number of Kiss members as uh, as you know Scooby Doo. So. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is the concept of the season is uh, is. Uh, uh, Famous for something other than movies. That's that's right. All right, now, Nick, please, please tell us oh boy. all about the story for Kiss Meets the Phantom. Oh, you know, I'm enjoying your joy in announcing because you know I have no idea what went on in this movie because it's a kind of rambling plot. <laughs> Alrighty, so Kiss is playing. Uh, a theme park for some reason uh, for some reason this theme park is on the brink of bankruptcy due to its creator designer slash mad, uh, mad scientist overspending on animatronics um, when this uh, mad scientist theme park designer is fired from the park he kind of gets mad and uh Starts taking up, uh, taking over more people with his ele- electronic gadgets, because that's a parallel science to making animatronics, I think. Um, and uh, 
you know, since Kiss is there and hanging out, he gets pissed off at them and tries to take them over. But they have space powers or new age space powers that are very, very ill defined. And there's some bullshit with uh, his assistant, Sam, and his girlfriend, uh, Melissa, which is actually the bulk of the movie, but is completely uninteresting. Did I do okay? No, I think I think you, you you did not give it the energy it needed for for what I, this I, is. I kind of thought this movie needed some energy. <laughs> really, really. Oh man, I love this. Uh, I'll say it right up front. I don't know how everybody else felt about it, but uh, but uh, not to spoil too much on the scoring. But I, I I love this. I had such a good time watching this. The thing, the thing about this movie is that, is that you know, like we we talked about last episode with, with Abraxas, where it was just like it didn't go far enough. Well, in this case, this one went all the way, because you talk about having a guy who creates animatronics and who suddenly is able to take over people, and and make them do his bidding for some strange reason. You have him, him like like just the fact that he's getting fired from from his job and of course kisses there i mean like everything the coincidences are just enormous he's getting fired he's he's complaining that you know he's made himself and the park owner millionaires but i mean then they talk about how much money they're spending on these animatronics and i'm like it was like quarter of a million dollars or something like that and i'm like this like come on (laughs) Keep it a little realistic. I like, love everything is everything's over the top in this, which I well, love. I think I, you know, you mentioned the like, he can take over people and then just stops doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is like that's one of the funniest things to me is that like it's it's never clear the level of skill this guy has because at one point they see they show this incredibly simple animatronic that's basically just like a it's a stuffed gorilla that leans forward um and probably but something that was in the real that was a quarter of a million. but but no he uh, said that was like thirty thousand dollars or something he, he didn't say that one wasn't i guess crazy but but he still made it and he was really proud of it um and then like he's got a, a mind control thing that just looks like a it looks like an old piece of uh of radio shack um transistor glued to the guy's neck and that's enough to control his mind um and then you expect that he's going to use that technology again, and then doesn't. Well, he, he <laughs> no, does. He, he does use it. He just he just makes other versions of them. Yeah, no, but he, he does use it versions of fight. with the gang. He uses it. He, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, we, but they just yeah. forget those, about those, those immediately. Yeah. Those those kids those kids uh, that that are causing trouble in the park. The evil gang that was in their early forties. Yes. <laughs> I I, I had a question about the gang. Um, Was this a thing at some point, this type of gang? Or is it rip-offs of the, like, a Marlon Brando thing? Um, I think it's, I think it is that, I think it's that cliche of, uh, of, like, what street toughs are like if you've never seen one. Yeah. Like, it is very much like a J, like a James Dean in the, in Rebel Without a Cause or the Wild, like I mean, the Wild One is is uh, the Wild Ones is definitely Wild One, Wild One singular, one. Yeah. Um, is is definitely. I mean, that's that has that had such a gigantic impact on the view of what a person like that was like. 
Well, the three characters are named Chopper, Slime, and Dirty D. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean, very much. I mean, this, the Hell's Angels was also like, you know, only been, had only been a thing for about a decade at this point. Like that's, so that cliche, I think they're supposed to be, like, I think, I think what Hell's Angels is more they were going for than Street Toughs. Um, because, I mean, it's also because of the name, but also because of the age, but they're just like, which just leads to the question, why are three Hell's Angels hanging around this park? And why is only <laughs> one of them wearing, wearing like a cut is the question. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's okay. None, none of those things, none of those things answer anything. Just raise more questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, well, and this is good at raising questions. Like, the, there's no shortage. Like, at the end of this movie, if you couldn't write like six pages of questions, just just like going through the whole thing, I'm not sure <laughs> you obviously weren't but, watching the movie. I I mentioned that it's that it's never made clear what uh, what. Catman's powers are uh, Peter Chris. Well, no, he has agility, ag- enhanced agility and speed. Does he? Yes, <laughs> and leaping well, powers. Yeah, yeah, it's just they're less flashy than the other guy's powers. That's all. I, I get. I think at one point he like he jumps high. Mm-hmm. He does, but it yeah. still doesn't like it. It's, it's still motion. One of them can teleport. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, really yeah. space he fire, and he can jump high. Like, how did he get so screwed on this movie? Peter Chris is the, because Peter Chris's charisma is for being the black hole of charisma. He has an anti-charisma <laughs> that gives him charisma. And that even applies to his powers that they got. And of course, they got these powers in the comic book first, which came out a year before this came out, the Marvel oh, comic. Oh, okay. Fascinating. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's interesting how they try to tie this from the Marvel comic into this with the talismans. Now, why the talismans were actually kept at the theme park in the first place was kind of weird. I, I assume that Kiss needs to bring them with them wherever they go. But, <laughs> they, just, but they just took them off for no reason, basically. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. take and, off these to give us powers. And we're, we're going to put them in a red box, and we're going to leave the red box in a glass cabinet in the theme park for some strange reason, as opposed to, like, say, on the tour bus or on the jet. That we just, or, or, or in their case, where they came out of was the, was the RV that they were staying in at one point. But, yeah. I kind of like, thought it was a pro, uh, like a, uh, they had to have them close somehow. And they do have to have them Proximity. close. Proximity. Yes. Yeah, I figure. But why yeah. they were, why they were there in the first place and not just, you know, with Kiss, like, you know, you'd think that Bill O'Quan could be there, like, holding those in some cases, opposed to, mm, I don't know, like, you know, their manager should have, who should have had that, you'd think. No, I, you know, I had the feeling that Peter Chris was forced to carry around that little box everywhere they went. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was stuck with the bench work. <laughs> oh, well, well, there's no question that, uh, that like, there's really, when it comes to, like, Ace and Peter, it's just, it's just like. Well, they were both, at this point, they were both really messed up on drugs and alcohol. Yeah, and, and they were always but, on the know, way out. Uh, like, yeah. Like this, this at this point they were. I mean, they were showing up on set, and and at one point Chris, it, you know, Ace really walked off the set because he didn't have any lines because they they when they met him he didn't see anything, so they didn't give him any lines, like the writers of the movie, except Ack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Well, I'm not even sure they gave him that, but yeah, he walked off wanting wanting some lines. So no, and it's, you know, and it's interesting. He, he would be smarter keeping himself without any. Yes, but, but. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because of course we wound up watching the European theatrical cut, which is which is on uh, Kistory Part Two, which I have, and so that's it's it's interesting to see that versus the original i know that the the very first time that i saw this i was watching the actual american tv edit and yeah. so the thing about the american tv edit is that is that you know like he says ack a lot more like ace does there there's a there is different elements to it and one of the biggest things is the soundtrack difference is completely crazy in the european cut because they're using all these tracks and most of like all kiss tracks and most of them are from the solo albums which is just so freaking weird because the solo albums just especially if you're a kiss fan you know that the solo albums are really so near the end of of this incarnation of kiss and and that that's part of the thing is they're using all mostly songs from the solo albums because they're the most recent albums. Yes. But but far away, far from being their biggest albums. And you know uh, the other thing about it is they'll use a song like from like Gene Simmons while they're focusing on the camera is focusing on a different character. Like at one point there, Gene <laughs> Gene Simmons is walking through and destroying things, and I, it's his robot. But whatever, he's basically saying being all Gene Simmons and being awesome. Just walking through destroying buildings, and they're playing New York Groove from uh, from Ace Frehley, and you're like, really? Like <laughs> you can't play Gene Simmons song? Which, which honestly, I, I I never think of that as an Ace Frehley song. I just think of it like as like as a completely like divorced song from the. <laughs> <laughs> well, it so is. It came out of nowhere, yeah. And it's a cover song. It's not even originally his song. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's so yeah. strange. Like just just it it's like. It's like they're taking they've it's like they've taken something and they've tried to make it better and in and in trying to make it better they they maybe the edits better but the rest of it is weirder because it's just like you're like wait why is why is like why is there a Peter Chris love song right now I don't understand oh uh, I I'll give you a little bit on the on the band gang band, gang because I'm looking it up right now uh, the biker character Chopper wears a Satan's mother biker patch on his vest. Mm-hmm. And that patch is the same one used for the band of the same or the gang of the same name of the Warriors. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Which came out a year later. So nice. the Warriors took something from this. And the Warriors, of course, is a great movie. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> this one, you know, I mean, there's no question. I mean, it's it's not a great movie. Not at all. But but it's silly as hell. Well, yeah, it it is silly. I mean, there, there's fight scenes. And they actually added, Hanna-Barbera actually added cartoon music. To make sure the fight scenes weren't too intense, so it could still be suitable for children. <laughs> Think about that. They're fighting like giant, like werewolf type crack cat creatures, and and they're worried that this is is too violent. Like it, it's ridiculous. It, well, but it's so much fun. I mean, in fairness though, that that uh, chamber of thrills or whatever it's called. I mean, that has some guy getting whipped, and meanwhile there was a little girl down there in the, in the early stage of the movie, and I'm like. And I'm just looking, and it's just all like like terrible, evil things for the most part. And of course, you know, Mummy and Dracula and stuff like that, and the Wolfman. But like, and it's kind of like, really, would you bring a child down to this in the first place? <laughs> That's true. Like, it, and and even the theme park actually can't decide what it wants to be because, of course, it's Magic Mountain, 
And then with the addition of these terrible animatronic characters <laughs> that, that have no focus. It's not like, you know, Disneyland and their, and their relatively focused animatronic characters. No, no, this is just like, you've got the Chamber of Thrills down here. Meanwhile, up upstairs, you've got a gorilla, and then you've got somebody else doing <laughs> Oh, a barbershop quartet that he's working on? Because, you know, why not? <laughs> I enjoyed the spaceman. <laughs> oh, yes, the spaceman. And this, and the Star Trek aliens that, like, I don't know, it, like the Star Trek aliens that are, uh, that fight Kiss later on, that they dispatch quite easily. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, they were referred to as white about. apes in, uh, the, the, in the IMDb listing, but, uh. Yeah, I didn't. I, I I didn't call them white apes from, you know, actual. I thought they're like I say. I thought they were animal. I thought they were cat, uh, werewolf type. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful animatronics there. But uh, hey, you know, they they kick their ass. That's where we had them. Uh, you know, that's actually I guess so. That wasn't the fight scene. It was the fight scene in the basement against the monsters, where it was clearly not. Uh, Ace Fraley, it was clearly his uh, African-American son <laughs> couple that was, that was fighting for him. Oh, which was so classic when you see when yeah. you see the black character. That's going I know, I know, it's just amazing. Really, you, you decided... such a wonderful film. You decided that for Ace Fraley, that, that was the right the right choice. That's I guess the right person. Yeah, <laughs> the person of a different ethnicity is the right person to double him. And when he doesn't show up because he's drunk, you have to use him and... and then you have that scene, and it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Are you guys ready to score this sucker? Because we could be talking for a while when we're scoring. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, in our search for the ultimate B-movie, we rate each film in five categories. None of these categories is objective quality. The first one's called Schlock Appeal, and then we start with Stan. Actually, before we start, I want to ask one more. I want to ask one question. Oh, what did we uh, learn? From I this? think we. I th- oh, <laughs> you need to ask one question. I need to ask one question. Then <laughs> my question is: I want some context of of how uh, big a Kiss fan everyone, uh, all of us are. So, how many times has each of us seen Kiss live? Uh, I've I've seen them twice. I saw the final tour with uh, the final reunion tour with the uh, the original band, and then I saw them uh, just a couple of years ago with. Uh, I think it might have been the stuntman who was in this actually. So <laughs> it's you were, uh, <laughs> I've seen them twice. Once once in makeup and once not. Okay. I've seen I've seen them three times in makeup. Uh, I've also seen. Uh, Ace, Ace, uh, like twice, and and Ace and Peter, and and then also as well, I've seen uh, Kiss tribute uh, like twice. Yeah. Yeah. The hotter than hell was it? The hotter than hell tribute band that uh, Uh, I don't. I think that's that's the one I saw. I don't remember. I know there's yeah, yeah. It's It's been pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, last night as I was going to bed, uh, I had I was playing Kiss. As right. I was trying to fall asleep. So. <laughs> yes. No, and 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 also seen Gene live. So, oh, that's yeah, yeah, Gene, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, that's uh, right. No, that's what I'm Gene the gave that speech on the to the little girl about. What was that? I'm the low man on the totem pole then because I've only seen them once, but I have seen Black Diamond twice. So. Oh, Black Diamond. Black that Diamond. Was, there you go. That, that was, was it. Yeah. That was it. I, I think I might I, have seen uh, Hotter Than Hell and Black Diamond. 
I also I, – when I was at San Diego Comic-Con once, and uh, I was waiting in line to get served at the Lego uh, counter at the Lego booth, and uh, Gene Simmons wandered in, and everyone's attention was on him. And I'm like, I'm trying to complete a transaction. Um, but uh, I guess that seven-foot-tall guy in the middle of the Lego booth is whatever <laughs> wants to well, attention. Uh, we had a chance to uh, – Stan and I had a chance to quickly meet uh, Gene in, in, a, in a, one of those uh, – shoots you do where you pay for the celebrity shoots at a, at a convention and uh and we we brought the the kicks kiss cola in and he looks at us uh with him because you know i mean he'd love it that we bought some of his uh some of the product because not the kiss puts their name on anything but uh it's a rare thing so we walk in with this and, and he looks at it and goes what do you got there and we go uh we got kiss colas kiss, kiss colas good like that like that takes the picture with us that's the whole thing. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. I love it. All uh, right. We rate each film in five categories. I, unless you want to do the question now. <laughs> oh, it, it, I don't know if we have anything else. Did you guys learn anything from this? Other than Kiss will do anything for money? <laughs> I, I, I learned that you only need minimal uh, participation from a uh, non-actor to, make, to put them in the title. I, I can confirm. For you guys, Kiss was given uh, crash courses in acting before this film. I know, <laughs> I know, it's hard to believe, but they actually were. Yeah. Crash, crash, crash being the operative yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that. I, I was well, you know. Maybe, uh, no, I'll do it now. Uh, I, I like that I was thinking to myself, you know, I guess Peter Chris is actually the best actor. He delivers the lines the best. And then I found out later <laughs> in my research for this. Yeah, the, 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 because because his accent was so strong, they wanted him to redub everything because he has this really strong Brooklyn accent. And he refused to show up. So uh, it, all his acting, all his dialogue is done by a veteran voice actor that, that uh, Hannah <laughs> Barbera used in, in like, all their cartoons. So if you're like, boy, he delivers his lines better than the other guys, it's because it wasn't actually him. <laughs> I, I learned that Chris, uh, Peter Chris has no chin. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it, I, there's some side-on shots there that have, like the, the makeup just has to pick a spot to stop. Um, like, <laughs> like it's, it kind of just goes from like mouth to neck. Like you just. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You're wearing makeup, no... you could draw a line or something. Like you could make it look like you have more there. <laughs> and I, and I learned that in actuality, off stage is Kiss, but on stage during concerts, apparently it's like one of their crew dressed as Kiss that, that plays the guitar and uh, and drum. <laughs> <laughs> Guys that are like, like twice as old as the band members at the time. <laughs> oh. The concert scene. I love that that concert scene is like three nights they play a concert, same crowd. But every night, same clothes. <laughs> well, same. That's that's what happens when you do only play one concert. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a small town, but they're loyal fans. So you know, what can yeah. you do? It just stayed. Yeah. I although you know, hours we're saying. Important lesson: Don't try any new music at a, at a, with a with an a crowd like that because they started booing within like two lines. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's. That's because they were supposed to, because I mean, I mean, because they were supposed to be getting angry because, because of course, I, I assume that the lyrics for that, uh, for that version of Hotter Than Hell, the, the rip and, that became Rip and Destroy, I assume that there was like mind control in the lyrics because I, I'm guessing that, uh, that our, our evil villain uh, wrote, wrote sorry. those lyrics. There 
what what do you hear? Boy, now you're stretching it. What's <laughs> no, Stan has fallen into the trap I often do of creating story for the creative <laughs> movie. Hey, it, it, it could use some help, so I'm willing to give it a, give it an assist. Oh, a touch there. All right. Uh, oh yeah. Let's get Five. to the let's get to the score. Five categories, none of which is objective quality. The first category is schlock appeal, and we start with Stan. Well, I mean, it, it's Kiss is super schlocky just to begin with. I Are mean, they the schlockiest band? I was trying to think of this. I'm like, because you have bands like War out there and a bunch of other yeah, bands that are super schlocky as well. But considering when they started being schlocky and everything like that, you know, which was after Alice Cooper, but they're more schlocky. Like, are they the schlockiest band of all time? You know, I, I think they probably are because they because everybody else that took it to a new level of schlocky basically was only doing it because of Kiss. Like, Alice Cooper inspired other people to be, like, scary and stuff like that. But Kiss inspired people to, be, to wear makeup and be over the top. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, I, th- I think I, I, I would, yeah, I would give credit to Alice Cooper for a lot of what they were doing. They just took it so much further and, and really made themselves into cartoon characters and then literally into cartoon characters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, and comic characters. And so, yeah, like, in the, yes. yeah, the merchandising level of it makes it that much more schlocky. Like it's, That's I mean, true. certainly, like you said, Guar and, and, uh, I mean, to, to a lesser extent, uh, Blink-182, like these bands that, made that part of their personality, the over the top stuff. But, um, it, but yeah, like I mean, to add in the comic book and the, the dripping blood into the red ink and the comic and like, Oh, just, yeah, they just, they just go so far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, wonderful. there's no question. Yeah. I mean, kiss is just the, the, it's, you know, and this is one of those cases where I think this is kind of exactly what they should have expected out of a movie like this at the time, you know, when you talk about the Marvel comic, which isn't very good either, per se. Well, they're told, they're, they were told, they were sold this by saying, it's going to be a hard day's night meets Star Wars. <laughs> and that was how they sold it to them. And so, I mean, they were super pissed when it came out. And for years, you weren't allowed to talk to them to them about it. You weren't allowed to mention the movie, but now they've gotten over it. But. Well, yeah, and, and I and I get that, and I totally understand it, and, I, and, and we know that Gene and Paul, just from being Gene and Paul, are, you know, so protective of Kiss in that regard, and especially back then. But, I mean, I don't know how you could have expected anything else than yeah. this when you talk about Kiss and you talk about talismans and you talk about a TV movie. And, I mean, and, and it's, it is, it's truly everything... Just thrown into thrown into one you know screen. So I I mean I I got to give it a nine. Yeah, no, you have to go high on this movie. Um, maybe not for the movie, but for Kiss themselves, and for me, there's a certain n- nostalgic uh, schlock because this movie was hard to see at one point in my life. It wasn't. I mean, it didn't have huge VHS. Uh, distribution it no. was, you had to go out and look for it i don't think it's ever been issued on dvd yeah it has. Um, not until the yeah. box set yeah just a few years ago right yeah well the, the box set came out i get i guess it, the box set that it's on history 2 probably is about 10 years old but again that's only the european version and the american um tv version um like came out quickly but is now extremely hard to find like it, good luck seeing that version really 
Okay. The, the, but anyway, I mean, this li- lives up to some of the Godzilla movies that I I would search out and there <laughs> were impossible to find. Now it's simple, but I remember when I first really started getting into Slocky movies, it was up there and I wanted to see it and I couldn't. So huge nine. Didn't didn't you at one point, Stan? Actually, it was a total fluke that you, as a a, a fan, even found this this VHS. Can you find it someplace that you would never expect to find it? That's I, where you bought it from. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, the, the original the original copy that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is totally. I I I got a ten on this. I mean, Gene Simmons being it, Gene Simmons being all. I'm big and I and I'm I'm strong. That's my powers, and I'm in your face. Like it's just so in your face. Like it, it's just so schlocky. I, and I had so much fun watching this. The combination of the music, which I love, combined with the schlockiness of the schlock, <laughs> made it as schlocky as I could possibly give it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely giving it a ten. I think uh, I mean for me the shock appeal, shock appeal is a lot about marketing. The shock appeal is about the the posters and the imagery that go with it. Um, and part of it is uh, what uh, what it sounds like when I tell someone about the movie. Like as I, I'm often telling my wife Lacey what what the next movie or two I'm going to watch is. Sure, what's what's Lacey's last name? Uh, Lacey Underalcata. That's uh, her last name. Uh, hyphenated. Yeah. Uh, so. Often, I, like I'm, I'm telling her, like, yeah, I, w- I watched this movie with uh, Evil Knievel in it, and I did this and that. But Kiss meets the Fam- Phantom of the Park. Like, you know everything about it in, in the name and the imagery that comes into your mind because of Kiss, because of uh, you know, because of who they are. And uh, it's exactly be- what it's because sounds- of the, the the timing of this movie, etc. Uh, yeah, perfect ten for me. Uh, more heart than budget. Uh, reported budget is three million U.S. 1978. You know, I mean, I think that per two million. By the way, you, you say three million. I, I heard a budget of two million for it. Either uh, way, yeah. that's expensive for a TV movie. It is a little price. Yeah, because I, I I think that was really with the idea that they were going to have a theatrical. Uh, as well as the TV part, because uh, nor I mean, you might go that high with a pilot, but. Uh, but not for a typical TV, TV movie. Uh, uh, Wikipedia is where I got mine, so who knows? Uh, I got mine on IMDb, so yeah. Either way, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's somewhere between two and three million. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's no question. I mean, when you talk about it, at least it it has it has its explosions, it has its special effects and stuff like that. <laughs> it has the, yes, it has the you know magic. It has Magic Mountain. It has Kiss, and I mean, I love the fact that that especially when it comes down to Gene and Paul, like you want to talk about two guys who put everything that they could into this movie it was gene and paul like paul is super serious gene is super serious about like about actually do, like attempting to make this brilliant and i mean you've got the rest of it it's a it's a disaster in in that regard like i can't i can't go super duper all the way high because because i think that there's because it is such a large budget for you know for a lot of elements that well, nowadays it's could be done. In, right? Yes, like, yes. Like, like they're cashing in on their fame. It's such a cash in. But I mean, and I two mean, the characters, two of the actors didn't give a shit at all. 
Yeah, but that's Kiss. So I mean that that that's, that's true. Like, that that's the kind of baggage that Kiss just drags along with them <laughs> with them wherever they go. So I I find it hard to fault that because that's just the way that they are. Um, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of funny judging this movie for heart because I truly do think Kiss gave it all they had. They just didn't have a lot of experience in this area. And everyone else was hired. Um, so yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give them a seven for like Kiss wanting to do a movie and the studio thinking they could make some money off of it. But that's all there is here. It's, it's, we got Kiss, let's make a movie. And then Kiss comes in and, you know, tries hard. <laughs> or two of them did, as I say. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact is that so many people who made this movie do not list it on their credits kind of <laughs> tells me what people think of it and how much effort was put in. But I can't go too low because there's just a certain appeal to the movie, you know, and and I love it. So I'm going to go with a six. I I think uh, I think when you talk about Hard Day's Night, um and I think in the context of Hard Day's Night, this is a different movie than in the context of uh, like other movies at the time, uh, because I mean, Hard Day's Night is a f- it's a fun movie. They they appear silly. Uh, Ringo gets to be like the the clown with a heart of gold. Um, some of the guys were more into it than others. Um, you know, Ringo loved doing the movies, and John couldn't care less. And, um, so I, I think in that context, uh, uh, Seven's also what I'm going to give it because I'm I'm uh, I think the heart comes from we're a giant band and we should make a movie the way that the Beatles did and the way that, uh, you know, other bands at the time were doing. Um, so it, it's, and, yeah. yeah, in the, yeah, in that it's in that, um, it's in that world that this is the kind of thing that you should do. Um, what the fuck moments. Well, I know, I know that Jack's going to have a field day with the errors, of course, in this movie. So I'll, I'll have to, I'll, I'll kind of. No, leave. no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go I, I, I'm going to leave a lot of those. But um, so, I mean, it, this one starts right away when you when you see, of course, you know, Magic Mountain, and then the next thing you know, you've got Kiss on green screen. Um, in the in the like bumper car or in like in like the one little um you know the ride and superimposed over top of the rest of the park and then they're just you know wandering around over top of the rest of the park i mean it's fantastic right off the bat those kind of things are like that's gold that's kiss gold right there (laughs) um of course chopper and the gang and and even just the names like chopper and slime and dirty d i mean that's fantastic stuff now one of our, I think, our first introduction to the to the actual animatronics. Um, they're talking in the park. Um, the two, the, so so Abner Devereaux and uh, and I guess uh, the other character the, that owned. Oh my the... God! You bothered to learn his name. I'm <laughs> seen seen the movie enough, but uh, <laughs> but anyways, and and so in the background, there's this cluster of people around two animatronic characters that are playing baseball. And if you watch those two animatronic characters playing baseball, they're playing baseball really badly. 
It's like, I don't understand why there are two animatronic characters that can't hit the baseball because, like, there's one of the guys wonder, like is standing beside it and, and picks up the baseball that the, the bat completely missed. And I'm like, wait a minute now, why is a whole group of people watching this terrible group of animatronic people playing baseball? It, it seemed really, uh, really crazy. And then... I mean, they're, they're the so 70s, much... man. They were hard up to entertain. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> no internet yet. No, yeah. no mobile I phones. Mean, you wouldn't want to go into the Chamber of Thrills or anything like that. But uh, And then later Actually, on... you wouldn't. <laughs> later later on, there's this part where, where of course, Abner has uh, captured Kiss. And and he's and he says, Oh, yes, you, you have front row seats for your concert. And and he turns his little um, his little control unit around, and I'm like and I'm like it's front row seats to, on the smallest screens humanly yeah. imaginable, eight inch screens across the room. Okay, I think I think I, that is about the size that I saw Kiss, but I they, I wouldn't consider them front row seats. I think I think technically they were the back row. <laughs> and then and then of course. I mean, of course, Ace, you know, Ace Frehley stunt double. Every time you saw him, that was that was amazing stuff. But what really what really sold it for me was the fact that that it's just like I know it's the real Kiss because the second that the real Kiss got on stage and Paul started up with his stage banter, and from that moment on, it's just like, well, that's obviously the real Kiss because Paul is just jibber jabbering away like Paul does. <laughs> Doing his dance. Yes. I love it. That oh, Paul yes. Stanley dance and, and the stage banter that nobody has ever done like him. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Splash yeah. Mountain or whatever. Magic Mountain. Oh. Are you ready to rock and roll? Yeah, I just love it. He's got to tell like a five-minute story to lead into yes. Detroit Rock City. Exactly. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. You're sitting there yourselves. You're sitting there to yourselves and you're wondering... Are we gonna rock and roll tonight? <laughs> You're thinking, are we gonna rock and roll? Are we gonna party tonight? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You have the most beautiful women I have ever seen in this city. And we're gonna rock and roll all night with those women and party every day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, so let's not play hotter than hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the back room and I, sp- I spilled a gla- I spilled a glass of, uh, of water and then I licked it up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I know you're wondering yourself how the inspiration for the song come about. <laughs> All right, I, I think we can carry on with this for the next two hours. Let's try not to. Uh, so, I, I'm going to give this one a nine as well. Ah, wow, that's high. Thought we were keeping track. I forgot we were keeping track there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Oh yeah, I gotta write this down. (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah. There's a there's a ton of WTFs in this, but unfortunately for me, I can explain away a lot of them just because of the the comic booky, and I hate the term, but it's the only way to express this. Uh, vibe that Kiss has in this movie and in general. Um, <clears throat> the one that really got me though was the world's slowest elevator that they talk about being the world's <laughs> fastest elevator. 
Well, no, he said he was going to send her up much slower. <coughs> no, the, much okay. faster. No, no, I, no, I got a feeling that was a little improv on set to explain why the elevator was indeed going incredibly slow. Oh, that, oh, You're oh, right. She came down really fast, really enough right. enough that they said, oh, she said, oh, I was going to get the bends. And so then he said, oh, I'm going to send you up slower and in doing so sent her up at like you know one centimeter per and i and i assume that the glass encasing was soundproof because he started already cackling and talking about his next evil scheme meanwhile she's still going up in the elevator i mean so so yeah i hope it's soundproof um yeah anyway it was a bad bad uh set piece anyway it didn't make any sense um yeah, I mean, there's a ton of stuff, but really none of it's worth calling out, I don't think. Um, I can only go as high as a seven. I mean, it is WDF, but nothing shocked me. Nothing took me out of the movie that I'm kind of looking forward for the WDF. Oh, okay. Well, you, you talk about you can explain away. I mean, from set, set, I mean that that's a fairly high score. It's not. No, that's well. a good score. That's a good score. But you say you could. It, Explain really most of it being kissed, just being kissed. But there, there is just the incompetence of the filmmaking. But to me, the most kiss, like we talk about kiss, like the most kiss moment, the most like WTF, the most, the most to me, like there's absolutely no reason for that. I've never seen that even from these guys before. It's the chain mail thing. It was the fact that these guys were wearing this, this chain mail outfits in the middle of the park when it's clearly like a hundred degrees out and they're in this super hot clearly super hot and super uncomfortable outfits that i've never seen them wear before or since uh that's like this night chain mail stuff uh to me was like is one of the great wtfs of all time and it's just indicative of this movie i got a nine on this as myself as well <laughs> they uh yeah that weird it's it's not quite chain mail it's not it's like a heavy what, what, it's a very heavy cloak. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I that's like it was well, ankle, that was, ankle. That's that's a big part of the the whole like superhero aspect. Is the is the you know yeah the kind of cloakies oh. cloaks and I think yeah. it's it's not even like they wear that around the park at night. They wear it when they're like chatting, but they wear it when they're sitting in yeah. Um, in, uh, Outside in a hundred degrees when pool. it's really really hot. Yeah, yeah. Lifeguard chairs at the pool. Yeah, um, like, and they're alone. <laughs> I I think there's like the pool. That's the other is... thing. This park is open, and Kiss is not being mobbed by any fans at any point. Like they just around the park. Like they just the, you know there's a point where the, there's the girl, and they the, the concert's over, and they're like we're gonna head back to our hotel room or whatever you know. And next thing you know, they're just sitting there for no reason, singing to the girl. Like, which which is a great version of Beth. The fact that Beth oh, with an acoustic guitar, well, like booyah. That's the that's that's your best acoustic version of Beth. Actually, even better than the unplugged version in the album. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I we stepped all over you there. I, I think it's uh, uh it, that they're at the pool and everything in that outfit, but also. Uh, I think the pool is the point at the movie where it started being weird that they're always in costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but wasn't that a kiss <laughs> thing at this point? Is that it they was. weren't Dean Simmons and but no, they, no, they were no, the no, demon and no. the uh, Carmen Appiece that just read his uh, his biography. He would talk about how he would go out with Paul Stanley, who's a friend, uh, around this time and 
and people would come to him for the autographs because nobody recognized Paul without his makeup on. I'm like, really? Because he's still all yeah. Paul Stanley to me, but hey. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I remember like the National Enquirer having a bounty on photos of Kiss, and you know, every once in a while you get a picture where they were like trying to put a jacket up over their face because and the yeah, paparazzi right. were coming after them. Like, I remember that kind of era, but it's like. Even then, like they would be wearing other clothes and the makeup. <laughs> yeah, not like yeah. this, like because there's a point at which that Gene walks across a room, uh, across a room or something, and and he's got those giant knee things that are just slapping into his thighs as he walks, and he's on the eight inch heels. Oh, yeah. And I like this. How? Do, why would you like? Why would you spend your day like this? Like, where's where's <laughs> where's one scene where you got the makeup but you're in three piece suits? Oh, like, well, and and let's <laughs> and, and of course we can't forget. There's that part where they where they get onto the uh, to the carousel, and Paul steps on first. And and he tries to put his foot over and he stumbles over top of the horse that he's getting on because of the, because of the costume. I mean, oh yeah. But that's, I, the thing about that is that that is the superhero aspect is that when they are kissed, the superheroes, and and this is built in the comic book is that, you know, then this is their superhero outfit and that they have to transform out of being the superheroes to actually be normal. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you know, you read Avengers comics or X Men comics or whatever at the time, and everyone's just hanging around at dinner in costume. That's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the time, yeah, that was like you know, everyone at the Avengers mansion would be having you know a turkey dinner for Thanksgiving, and, and they're in costume. In a, <laughs> somehow, in an actual in actual reality, in a real life situation, it's different than in a comic. Yeah, like in a movie, <laughs> it really stands out. Because because you're only going to get one page of that before the fight starts. Um, <laughs> I I do think it's it's what the fucky that you've you, like everything we've said about this movie, everything we've said about the idea and the hard days night and the this and the that and the kiss does not appear as characters until a half an hour into this film. True. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. 30, 33 minutes into an eighty-five minute movie that they start talking. <laughs> and and in fact, I believe that in the TV version, I actually think it's longer before they they actually come in. Well, because the, the the TV version has another song or two or something. Because it's the TV version's longer than this cut. Yeah, uh, it's almost ten minutes longer. Than yeah. This so cut. and and I actually feel like it's closer to the forty minute version, uh, forty minutes the part that they come in in the TV version because that was one of the things that I had that, that I was shocked about the very first time that I saw it was this whole concept of like, hey, where the fuck is Kiss? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That, yeah, it's you're like I remember Detroit Rock City where they don't show up and actually do anything. Like it feels like that. Is that again? Um, you mentioned the carousel scene. So there's a bit where the the park is closed and Kiss gets onto the carousel and then like the the Devereaux is uh, being all evil and he starts turning on lights and stuff at the park. And that's all. <laughs> and yeah, then he turns it, them off. And then, and, <laughs> Yeah, like it, I've, at no point in this film am I ever clear what his plan is. Um, I, I Neither really is like, he, and it's it's just anar- it's just anarchy by the end. Like it'd be really, the whole taking over Kiss thing is seems just to be about destroying the park, not about like getting his job back or getting. Yeah, his- it's just a revenge <laughs> plot at that point. Oh yeah, no, Devereaux Devereaux is the like 
single worst developed character from a plan perspective ever. Like it's, it's just like, I don't know his end goal. I'm not even sure. Like he talks, he talks in the beginning, of course, about like, you've, you've cut my, my budget for funding. It's like, you know, for, for research and development. And then they start talking about, well, you know, you've got to keep, you've got to keep the park going as well. And he says, yes, well, the park's going to like, these are all like new creations. Of course, there's going to be problems. And I'm like, don't you fix them? <laughs> like that—that's part of your job too. Like we—we we in fact showed a ride that—that that was uh, that was going almost off the rails earlier, but we forgot about that one conveniently as well. So I, I feel like if at any point he had shown the the park owner the animatronic kiss uh, kiss thing uh, that he had made, he's like, "Hey, I got these things. You want to? If you sign a deal, we can have kissed the park all the damn time." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, movie ends. <laughs> you, just, you just solved the movie like that. <laughs> like, I never thought of that. That's that's sort of an easy solution. Everybody's happy. Nobody has to get killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's just too busy having the gorilla out out in the park. He doesn't he doesn't want the good good the good things. The good things are for his secret well, plan. How does he have the budget to just suddenly just make these like like we talk about if at least thirty thousand dollars to make so in other words you can just go and make things and nobody's like so what are you spending the money on like you can make these kiss ones that don't just stand still like the gorilla which is thirty thousand these are like quarter of a million because they can walk they're like full robots and nobody's like so what's you know I'll, I'll just give you I'll just give you a million bucks here go and make whatever you want and he can build them in in a in a matter of like a day. Yeah. Plus, plus the fact that he's well, being like fired, a, and yeah. and so he's odd, he's still got this you know um, lay, secret lair under the under the park, which of course the girl knows about. But um, and and we should mention at this point at a time at no point in time is he ever a phantom. Like there is no <laughs> phantom in this park at all. I feel <laughs> it's funny. Like I mean. I mean, this was this was made by Hanna Barbera, which is interesting um, in itself. That uh, it, it's it's like a Scooby Doo story if you spent way more time with the with the uh, the, the park owner uh, before he gets unmasked at the end of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> and and if you lack the the interesting character that is Scooby Doo, the problem is is that the in this movie, you know, Kiss would still be Kiss is still the exact same as they would be in Scooby-Doo and as they were in that Scooby-Doo. Yeah. But the thing is, is that what you lack in this case, it's the girl and, and like the, the story of her boyfriend, which is, which is supposed to take the place of like the Scooby-Doo and the mystery ink gang. And they're nowhere near as interesting as Scooby-Doo and the mystery ink gang. <laughs> no, that girl is boring. <laughs> The, the last bit I want to hit here is uh, is uh, there's there's a one, there's one line the the the, uh, the amazing the lovely and talented Brian James mm, is in this yes. film we love Brian James uh, and uh, he's he plays a guard you know very small one of his first roles he was you know working actor stuff and uh, and. It, He's he's a guard at the at the park. He's having he's had a run in with the animatronic Gene Simmons, and he gets threatened 
by the by the park owner. He says, if you, if you don't calm down, I'm going to put you on the graveyard shift. <laughs> and I'm like, the guy already works at night when the park is closed. What is the other shift? <laughs> it's so true. I thought that myself. <laughs> the graveyard shift at this park starts from 10 o'clock a.m. to 6 <laughs> You, that's actually the that's actually the time you don't want to be there because then you have to deal with chopper and slime. That's right. <laughs> oh. By graveyard, I mean like daytime. <laughs> by, by graveyard, I mean the actual graveyard that's out back, the Native American graveyard that we <laughs> built the, the park shift. on. Yeah, by graveyard shift, I mean the shift in the graveyard. Um, <laughs> It's like the it's the, the sequel would have been like the Exorcist. This movie is why we do this freaking show. It's so wonderful. I uh, eight for me in this category, and we're finally. Uh, I, I should have given one of those like uh, you know forward your mail kind of uh, comment for what. Yeah. Fun. Memorable moments. Well, you know, it, it's so true um, when when you talk about about just various elements of this movie being memorable. And Jack, you talked about, about Beth with the, uh, with the acoustic guitar. I have never forgotten that from the first moment that I saw it, you know, you, and you don't forget one thing that you don't forget about this movie is you don't forget the melange of crap that's in it. It's, (laughs) it's just like, it doesn't matter what order the crap is in. You remember the crap, <laughs> like, and and that's not a bad thing. I can't argue with the fact that I that that I have these recollections, and and even watching the European cut versus the other one, it's just like I'm like, hmm, something's off here. But it doesn't matter because because. Because you still have this recollection of, oh, this is what's going to come. This is, you know, this is going to show up. This is this, and so, and I think so for me. There's all these great, you know, you know, you are always going to come back to certain elements of it. I mean, whether whether you can pinpoint one exactly, not necessarily, but there's always going to be something that you're going to remember from this. And so for that, I'll give it an eight. Uh yeah, I have to dig in a little bit because I, I think, as you said, you remember elements of this film. You don't remember the story of this film. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I will never forget, you know, the boys just hanging out around the pool in full makeup. Uh, I will certainly remember them using their powers. Um, but as far as Samuel and Melissa that, you know, take up the majority of the time, they're gone out of my mind rather quickly. I'm not giving it a bad score because, I, I mean, they're... I, I will remember a lot of it, uh, but I'll probably end up rewatching it again in six months because I'll go, you know, there had to be more story than I remember. Uh, so I can only go as high as a seven. Hey, ding in it, but I did. Hey, that's still a good score. Uh, I mean, I got a nine on this because uh, it, to me, it is a totally memorable movie. And I hadn't seen it since I probably walked. Watched the VHS copy many many years ago, and it it nothing everything about it just especially the some reason the lab the lab where where kisses suck in it that scene is just stuck in my mind. It's just like mm-hmm. all of a sudden these laser things show up and you're like the <laughs> bars and I just it, it, just the whole thing in the base like it's it just all stuck in my head the the horror horror or chamber of horrors and. And 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 it's probably where I probably did get the first sense of what a full concert 
with Kiss would be like in power, and it, it's just a really memorable. And the, the, the WTF is memorable as well, and the the version of Kiss uh, Beth again, which deserves another merit or mention because it's just so great. And the only time you actually hear Peter Chris speaking in the movie, um, yeah, I, I, I got a, a, a solid nine on this for me. I think uh, I agree with Nick that individual parts of the movie may not stick, but it's I think it's a it's one of those movies that's like a benchmark or a template for this kind of movie. Uh, like it is like it is the measuring stick that I use for, uh, you know, for, you know, rock stars doing a movie about themselves. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Beth. Uh, the Beth thing is great. Uh, the live, uh, the stage stuff is great. Um, and uh, I think uh, I was lucky enough that uh, my older brother, Billy, was a, a big uh, a Kiss fan when I was, uh, you know, a teenager. And he, we, we, so around the house, we had uh, the VHS of Phantom of the Park and we had the VHS of uh, uh, Kiss Exposed. Um, and so that the oh yeah I so at the same it. time I was getting into the music I was only getting to the music at that point but I was also getting into the characters of them at the same time so uh, so that part really sticks for me so eight out of ten uh, for me as well in this category. This exposed was where I, where I was like hey nude women hang around not rock stars I want to become mm, a rock yeah. star <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah and and yeah. the fact that they were they were balls out enough to just do it you know there there was yeah. no and and it was with because again. The great thing about Kiss is that we could do we could do Kiss Exposed on the show, and it would score high too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. That's not a bad idea at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, crazy concept. I think we should do. Other, we should just turn this into a show about Kiss. I'm good with that. <laughs> well, so, so what was it that you were saying, Jack? That this was you know that this is Kiss um, attempting to do a hard day's night. Meet Star Wars. Meet Star, meet Star Wars. So, so if you take a Hard Day's Night, meet Star Wars, and then you, and then you show me this movie, and that this is what they managed out of that, and it's a <laughs> three hundred for Crazy Concept, thinking that 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 you could even draw the line between Hard Day's Night, Star Wars, and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, because there's. There's really nothing at all other than the fact that you have um, somewhat space-like creatures and the fact that you have a band. That's about it. Um, you know, the the only thing that that I will say that's not crazy about this is that it's Hanna-Barbera and they did a Scooby-Doo plot. Um, but... <laughs> But really, other, otherwise, like, this is completely, for what they were aiming for, it's completely off. It's completely crazy. If Gene and Paul wanted Gone with the Wind, well, they sure as hell didn't get it. And, <laughs> and so, for me, you know, I got to go high on this. I got to go with a nine. Um, yeah. Um, crazy concept. I, I'm going to ding it a, just a teeny bit because... Well, I mean, the concept at a certain stage was let's make a Kiss movie, um, and the rest sort of followed. I don't know if the concept was any more thought out than that. Other elements started creep in, making it weirder and weirder. Uh, but still, I mean, I'm I'm still giving it a very respectable nine. I'm not I'm not as high on this one as you guys. I, I got a seven for this. Uh, it is it is a crazy concept, but it's a total cash in. Also, 
It's 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 a marketing thing. It's hey, we're as big as we can be from our music. Literally, the management said to Kiss, we're as big as we can be from music and from from uh, touring. So what we need to do is do other things to get your name out there. And they came up with the comic book, and then that led to this. And it's like it's a, it's a total cash in in that way. So that that means that it's not a crazy concept because on a cash in, you don't put in too crazy a concept. Um, you know, made for TV movie or whatever. But it it is there is enough. There is enough here that that is a crazy concept, just from the idea that you take these guys who don't know how to act, give them a crash course in it, and then not give them their lines till like ten seconds before they shoot, so and then tell them what they're supposed to say, and then they say it, and you expect a good movie, like that's. <laughs> that. Oh, I don't think they were expecting that. Oh, I, I well, the, let me tell you, Kiss, Kiss, when they saw the uh, the preview, everybody loved it except for them. Uh, uh, they. <laughs> They had no idea that they were in such a piece of shit. So they were worried, but they had no idea it was as bad as it was. So, but it's so wonderfully bad. Uh, uh, so I got a seven. Uh, I think uh, I think that that pitch of that's going to be Star Wars is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I am a horror uh, movie. It's going to be like Star Wars and Hard Day Night. <laughs> I was struck watching this that uh, that not dealing with Phantom of the Park is almost as big a miss for that 70s show as not having dealt with the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I feel like both of the, I mean, both of them are, are on that show and they're like, you know, Gene Simmons appeared on the show. Uh, or or someone actually, is it just someone that looks like Gene, that's dressed as Gene Simmons? I can't remember. Um, so I, I just, I happened to look it up. Uh, so this aired on NBC on October 28, 1978. Three weeks later on CBS was the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, my so God. So yeah, talk about awesome. the zeitgeist. That's brilliant. <laughs> that oh, brilliant. so good. That intersection of 70s culture and mounds of cocaine. How do we <laughs> get the, hol- the Holiday Special into this show? Well, if if there weren't uh, members of the of the, of the uh, team that uh, had problems with holiday-themed uh, films – uh, I think it might have made it already. <laughs> it's uh, but I, like just I think the just the weirdness of this goddamn thing. Um, nine out of ten for me as well. Uh, wrapping us up at a amazing eighty-two out of one hundred, which puts it in eleventh place overall in the octagon. Yeah. Uh, the Octagon, now including over 100 films. Uh, this came in at 11. Uh, right behind uh, 1934's Maniac and right before 1984's Furious. It, it, it really deserves it because as, yeah. as much as it's, it's, it's not perfect, you could never call it the most perfect example of B. But what you can call it is, is such an amazing example that everybody has some sort of recollection of that can all be a different recollection of. Well, it's everything we're looking for and that it's not good and it's so damn entertaining. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because like it's, that's, that's it's, the whole point. It's hard to hate Kiss in it. And that's the thing, right? Oh, like, yeah. you know, you just, even even though even though they're totally selling out, but I mean, they've been doing that for 40 years, but I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's just, yeah. it's yeah. just so Sell great. Sell fast. Yeah. Sell fast, avoid the rush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, so great. Oh, great. No, uh, no, I love. I mean, I love this movie. But uh, so, the, so now the next question is: Will we love 
Caveman, starring Ringo Starr, as much. Is, 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 so is Caveman, is that supposed to be a hard day's night meets, uh, meets, um, the Croods or something like that? Well, <laughs> one million years BC. Meets one uh, one million years BC is what it's gonna be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I wanna say, uh, yes, 1981. 81. Uh, okay. 1981. A couple of years, two, three years after this. So, we'll see if any lessons were learned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think Caveman is a TV movie, though, is it? No, it no, is. It no. was a yeah, it was a theatrical, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a going to be very different for sure. But uh, James, some business. All right. Uh, well, the Octagon we mentioned earlier, you can find that on wetalkpodcasts.com. We talk podcasts are show sponsor. They also have a Facebook and they have a Twitter. Uh, we are on Instagram at the Cult Film Showdown. And please talk to us there. Uh, share what B movies you're watching, and uh, and uh, also please uh, subscribe and uh, rate the show on your favorite uh, podcast sites. Um, all of your favorite sites uh, reviews help uh, other people find the show. Awesome. Well, I, I enjoyed talking about uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom. I, I think it's it's well worth a watch again. And uh, and you know, if nothing else, the music is amazing. So, does anybody have anything? We, uh, else? I think we needed this this after uh, you know a couple uh, films that that have been um, uh, less more disappointing uh, recently. I think that this was a palette cleans and and. Makes me anxious to get back to recording another show right away. Rock and roll has been a good one for us this season. When you when you when you consider that you know like rock and roll nightmare, the best part of UHF involved music and uh, and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I mean you know like the you know when you add music to this season, it's been the best. Yeah, I agree. Uh, music is the best with everything. It's true. All right. Well, well, let, let's go home so that we can uh, actually start uh, start watching some more movies. So, for Jim That's and good. for Jack and for Dick, I am your host, Eighth Dan Stanadu, and thanks for watching Cult Film Showdown. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, oh, I remember. Look, it's rock and roll. <laughs> Star Child. No gratitude need be voiced. Your mind speaks to us. You're looking for someone. But it's not Kiss. He was here. <laughs> Sam's still in the park. What exactly did he say? It's a cosmic force field which protects our talents. Without them, no powers. We're just ordinary human beings. Not quite ordinary. I mean, Paco, with a scurvy crew steaming close behind, and I do mean steaming. Jean's clean. A pussycat. Almost. Hi, Curly. Jean's brother was an only child. Easy, Catman. They are serious. And they've got guns. He's convinced you did it, but the investigation's a stroke. He just wants the guy off his back. He's sweating the possibility that we might pull out. He's just plain sweating. You're welcome. Is there something wrong, demon? I'm not sure. Your fire signs worry too much. <laughs>
This Devereaux cat has the whole world wired. Not this cat. You're either an eye or now, kitty. Let's find that cat, man. Affirmative. Find Devereaux. Let's stop this pussy footing around. Uh, <laughs> right. Left. Dead center. Yikes. Apes is more like it. It's all unreal. Devereaux! Looks like we made the wrong turn. Audio aids. Nice touch. Discretion is the better part Enough of... Enough said! Ace! Seems a little too quiet, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, why didn't you say so? And she... Shh, it's Sam! Wonder what his trip is. His trip's a trap. Let's bring it. Let's go! So much for my solo. You better at limit from here on. So that's why those guards thought it was you. He's really got you down, demon. All of us. You'll never pass them off as us on stage. What about our music? In what way? We don't work with a second act, Devereaux. Besides, Armageddon is a lame group. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Get them to whip up the crowd. Inside a riot, destroy the park. Blame it on us. Right. We've got to get out of here. Leave it to me, Star Child. I'll bend these beams with my mind. Not yours. Ours. Concentrate. We've got to try. Does everybody feel good? Are you ready for the real kids? Are you ready to rock and roll? All right, then, let's go. Yep. I've misdirected. <laughs>